Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, we're actually getting towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's actually been good, because we've been looking at things that Jesus has been trying to show us that kind of talks about spirituality where it needs to be. Because you have to understand, when Jesus was addressing on that mountain that day the people who were around him, the big question in their mind was, who's able to be a part of the kingdom? Because in their mind, they saw the Pharisees of their day, and they were, quote, the epitome of what it was to be spiritual, what it was to follow God. But, you know, these are common people, and, and they've messed up in their lives. They, they wouldn't necessarily be accepted. They were seen as sinners. And the reality is, is Jesus is coming along, and he's going to talk about true spirituality. So as we've been going through this sermon... Jesus, in a, in, a, in a way, has been contrasting the difference between false spirituality and true spirituality. So we've looked at hard attitudes. We've looked at issues that we need to struggle with. And then ultimately, we need to talk about right attitudes. Now, last week when I shared with you, I thought we were done with the right attitudes. But I was looking this week when I was studying, and I thought, oh, there's one more. There's one more right attitude. And actually, to be honest with you, this last one is so important. It's faith. It's the issue of faith. Isn't that what saves us, right? Everybody agree with that? All right, so here's what I want you to see. Because faith is not just what you believe. Faith is expressed in action. Faith is expressed in what you do with what you believe. And that's what Jesus is going to talk about today. He's going to talk about you and I having the right attitude of faith. Because the reality is, is faith should be impacting your life every day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith should be impacting how you live your life every day. So let's look at what Jesus is saying here. We're going to look at verses 7 through 12 today. And we're going to wrestle with some things that he's saying here. Look with me. Very simple. He says, verse 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these verses, and we're going to basically divide them up into three sections. We're going to see in verses 7 through 8 the pursuit of God. 
What does that mean to be pursuing God? We're going to talk about if you have faith, there needs to be a pursuit on your part of God. Then we're going to look at the relationship. See, in order to understand faith, and in order to be led by faith in your life, you've got to understand how you view God. Because how you view God will determine whether or not you're going to live by faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if you've got a wrong concept of God, I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to have a lot of faith. So we're going to talk about the relationship, and then we're going to get right down to, it seems almost again an odd verse in this section, we're going to come to the truth principle, which we're going to see in verse 12. So let's look together, first of all, concerning the issue of the pursuit of God. Here's the thing that I find very interesting. I've been a believer now for 30 years. And when I became a believer back in April of 1985, and I went to a little bitty church in West Columbia, South Carolina, and and I listened to the preaching, and I was there excited for the Lord, I, I very much came to a conclusion that the Christian life was basically what I did for God. Am I involved in my church? Am I volunteering? Am I showing up every time the doors open? Am I giving? And so I began to think in terms of the Christianity in those early years was about what I was doing. But I was never taught that there was another dimension that was never talked about. And what I was not taught was is that when I came to Christ, and when I was saved, one of the things that happened in that salvation is, is that I was reconciled to God. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody would say, yeah, we're reconciled to God. The relationship with God was reestablished. And that I was never taught to pursue that relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? To pursue that relationship. And when I began to understand it began to open up a whole other dimension for me in my Christian walk. In fact, I began to see the scripture. We're going to see it as we go through Matthew. Jesus is going to say that the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who loses a coin in her house. And what does she do? She tears up all of her house until she what? Finds that coin. Have you ever done that? Only it probably wasn't for a quarter that you tore up your house for. Might have been a credit card or a 20. The kingdom of God is like a guy who's out in the field, stumbles upon a hidden treasure. Then he goes and sells everything he has so he can buy that field so he can get what? The treasure. The kingdom of God is like a guy who goes out to the ocean and finds a pearl of great price. So then what does he do? He sells everything that he has until he what? Is able to buy that pearl. What we're talking about here, the kingdom of God is God and the relationship with him. And it's talking about how desperate are you for him? And the pursuit of him. And see, that was totally clueless for me. And I'm going to be honest with you folks. Listen to me. Your salvation, you coming to Christ, is more than just you having fire insurance that you're going to be okay when you go to meet Jesus. It's about a relationship being restored with the living God and how serious are you about it. And how serious you are about it is a reflection of, are you ready for this? Your faith. So then we come here to this verse, and Jesus is talking to us in verses 7 through 8 about the pursuit of God. And here's what he says. Look with me. I'm going to read it to you one more time, and then I'm going to tell you certain points here. Look with me. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, 
and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Here's the things I want you to see. In fact, first thing before I give you the points, I want you to understand. When you look at the words there, ask, when you look at the words seek, and you look at the word knock, our English translation translates it in a certain verb tense, and it seems like a one-time action. Actually, the way the original language is here in the Greek, it's actually keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's an ongoing action on your part. You're asking and you're asking. You're seeking, and you're continuing to seek. You're knocking, and you're continuing to knock. Do you understand? That's the point here. How many times we just do it one time, and we give up with God? How many of you remember years ago, the old-timers talking about it this way, about praying it through? You remember that? What in the world were they talking about when you heard the old-timers saying, praying it through? That means that they kept on what? Asking, seeking, and knocking. Sometimes you got to pursue things, don't you? And with a relationship with God, you got to keep on. So here's the things I want you to see here from this passage. Faith does not give up the pursuit. Faith, Jesus is saying here, does not give up the pursuit. You're going to keep on asking him. You're going to keep on seeking after him. You're going, you're, you're going to be desperate in your life. God, unless you show up, I'm dead. God, unless you show up, I'm helpless. Lord, I need you to show up. You're knocking on the door. Hello in there. You're not giving up. It's called pursuing. But you know what? Can I be honest with you? We are, can I be honest with you? Let's be honest about ourselves. We are the result of our culture. Do you know what I mean? We are used to having it easy. Now, some of you, there's a good portion of you who can remember when restaurants did not have tribe drive-thrus. Do you remember that? Now, you younger ones from the 80s, born in the 80s onward, you, you don't even remember a time without a drive-thru. But there are some of you here who can remember when your daddy took you to McDonald's, if there was a McDonald's, you didn't have a drive-thru, you had to go in the restaurant to get your order. Do you remember that? And how many remember when, when there wasn't an internet and what you got was the Sears and Roebuck wish book? And it showed up in your house in October. Drove your parents nuts because you were looking through there, the toy section. It was always the last section of the catalog, remember? The toy section. And, and if your parents wanted, they had to go literally to the Sears and Roebuck store and order it and make payments for it to come. Do you remember that? Some of you may remember making those payments. And did you remember, there was no internet to track it to see if it was going to show up on Christmas. Everybody just had to wait. But where are we at today? Pull up to the drive-thru, pull over to that side aisle. You get angry. I gotta wait! You order something from Amazon and it's supposed to show up on a certain day and it doesn't show up and it isn't even the end of the day yet. You're calling Amazon. Where's my package? How many of us do that with God? We've gotten at ease. And we don't know how to pursue anymore. And some of you, I'm going to be flat out honest with you, I've been there, some of you, you pray about it one time, and if you don't see God answering, you just give up. You give up. 
What does that say about our faith? What does it say about our faith? So he says here, look, first thing, faith does not give up the pursuit. Here's the other thing. Faith knows, look at verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, for everyone who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. What's he talking about there? Faith knows that God will answer. Faith knows that if I give it to my God, he's going to answer me. He may not give it to you exactly the way you want it, but you know that he's in control and that you're trusting him for whatever the outcome. You know that he'll answer you. That's what faith does. Faith knows that God will answer. That's the pursuit of God. That's the pursuit of God. I'm going to explain something to you. I've recognized this through the years in my relationship with the Lord. You know, I'll go to him and I'll pray about things and and, and and he'll give me, here's the thing that he's never done. He's never told me a 10-year plan of what's going to happen. He's never given me a one-week plan. He's never even gave me a day plan. But what he has done is, maybe tell me what I need to do, but he hasn't told me what the outcome is going to be. Maybe tell me what I need to do and just give me peace. He never promises the next step, but he says, I'm there. Faith believes that he'll be there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So many of us, if we don't see the answer that we want, we believe that God's given up on us and that he doesn't care. That's not faith, my friends. That's a lack of faith. Faith is not in that your situation gets answered the right way. Faith is in that God is with you no matter what happens. Do you understand me? That's what faith is. And that you're going to continue to pursue him. But here's the problem. The reason why we struggle is because we've got a wrong view of our God. The reason why we struggle and the reason why we, we we don't pursue him the way that we do should be is because we've got a wrong view of him. We we have a messed up concept of God. We we live with disappointment and we think wrong things about him. We think things like he doesn't care for me or God's holding this thing I did against me forever. And some of you, that's where you're at. You remember something that you've done wrong or you're being reminded of something that you've done wrong and you think that God's punishing you forever for it. You know what I'm talking about? See, those are all wrong concepts of your God. So I think it's interesting that after he talks about in verses 7 to 8 about the pursuit of him, he's going to talk to you about the nature of your God and the nature of the relationship that you have with him in verses 9 through 11. Let me read those to you again. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Three things I want you to see here, folks. Three, actually four things I want you to see here about the relationship. Jesus calls us to consider the parent-child relationship. Jesus is saying to us here, folks, listen, if you're going to consider and have a right concept of God, if you're going to pursue him, if you're going to be encouraged to pursue him, you've got to get your thinking straight. And if you're going to get your thinking straight about God in your life, you need to understand the parent-child relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's going to use a natural relationship to help you to understand and have a right concept of your God. Do you understand me? 
He's going to, he's calling us to consider the child-parent relationship. And here's what he says. He starts off in verses 9 through 10. He gives a couple of illustrations here. And here's the illustration. He says, who among you, if your child came up to you and said, Daddy, I'd like to have some bread, would turn around and say, okay, here you go, and give him a rock? Or who among you would come and say, Daddy, I'd like a fish. Now, when we're saying fish here, we're not talking about going to Walmart and walking by the aquarium section and, Daddy, can I have a beta at home in a tank? That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about something to eat. Because in their diet, bread and fish were pretty much a major part of their diet. How do you know that? Well, think about it. When the when Jesus is feeding the 5,000, he got a little boy came up and he had what? Bread and he had what? fish. Now, before you think of bass, they were probably the size of sardines. That's their diet. And he says, who, if your child came up to you and said, Daddy, I'd like to have a fish, would give them a snake? Now, think about that for a moment. What kind of parent does that? That's an evil, that's a bad parent. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? A normal parent doesn't do that. In fact, here's the point. No normal parent responds to a request with evil. That's what Jesus is pointing out here. We know that from human life, right? Yes, we read in the news and we see in the tabloids that there are some freaked out, crazy, bad parents. But that's not normal, right? But no normal parent responds to their child's request with evil. They don't do that. So he's telling us, consider parent-child relationships. If we're going to think about God, think about parent-child relationships. And if you're going to think about God, realize that no normal parent gives their child something evil. Bottom line. Here's the third thing I want you to see here. Sinful parents respond out of love. What? Look at what he says there. Verse 11, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. What's he talking about here? He's saying that you and I, we're evil. Why are we evil? Because of our sin. We're sinners. If you and I, who are sinful, know how to do right by our children. His point here is is this. When you consider parent-child relationships... No normal parent's going to do evil. The fact that we're even sinners, we know how, as sinners, to respond to our children with what? Love. That brings Jesus to the fourth point in this section. And this is where we begin to understand about your God. Look at what he says there in the text. Verse 11. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Here's what I want you to see. How much more will a loving God respond to you? This is the point Jesus is making. See, the reason why, can I be honest with you, the reason why we don't pursue him the way that we should be pursuing him, the reason why we struggle with our faith is, let's just admit it right off the bat, we got a wrong concept of our God. 
At the heart of your struggle is not whether or not he answers your prayers. At the heart of your struggle is a deeper issue of whether or not you believe that God cares for you. Do you understand me? That's really what's at the heart of the issue. When you're struggling with whether or not God's answering your prayer in any area, the bottom line isn't whether or not you got an answer in that area. The bottom line is is the reason why you're struggling is what you believe about your God. And the chances are that if you're struggling, what you believe about your God is that God doesn't care for you. God doesn't love you. That's what Jesus is saying here. But Jesus is coming along and he's wanting to smack us upside the head and say, listen, think about it for a moment. Just like any parent would take care of their child because they love them and not do wrong to them, how How much more will God take care of you? Because the bottom line is, he does love you. How do you know he loves you? He sent his son to die for you. You don't think that's love? He would lay it all down for you. And here's the thing. Some of you need to hear this. You're going through it right now. You wonder if God cares. I'm going to tell you right now, his heart is broken for you. He wants what's better for you. He grieves for you. Yes, he is aware of everything else that's happening in the world, but he's God. He can handle that. And he can handle what's going on in Paris as well as what's happening in your house. Are you going to pursue him? Are you going to seek after him? Are you going to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking? Because you believe for a fact that God would not withhold anything good from you. Now sometimes we wrestle with what we, what his concept of good is for us. You understand? Because we are conditioned by our society that good means lack of pain, lack of problems, easy street from here on out. But God's got a greater picture of what's going on in our lives. He is the loving parent. See, this is the issue. If I'm going to have a right attitude, I've got to get my faith perspective in order. And my faith perspective is, is that I'm going to pursue him and I know that he's going to answer me. Why? Because I have a correct understanding of who God is. And that God, even though it seems he's distant, and sometimes he does seem he's distant, right? He loves me. He cares for me. And he'll do good for us. So then we come to the right attitude. And it almost, can I be honest with you, when I read this verse, I had to spend 20 minutes extra on this verse because it's like, okay, wait a minute now. Where are you coming from? I can understand verses 7 through 11. That makes sense to me. But this section of verses includes verse 12. Where are you coming from, Jesus? Look at what he says there, verse 12. You'll see what I'm saying. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and prophets. Jesus has given us our final right attitude here. Here's what I want you to see about that right attitude. That truth principle here. He's given us a truth principle. Right attitudes are founded on truth principles. If you and I are going to have right attitudes in our relationship with God, and especially if we're going to have a right attitude concerning the issue of faith, 
you and I have to grasp a truth principle. And this verse 12 is a truth principle. It is hinged upon our understanding of verses 7 through 11. Because if you have a proper understanding of verses 7 through 11, you'll be able to carry out verse 12. And what's he talking about in verse 12? Here's the truth principle. Faith calls us to proper actions towards others. Faith calls us to proper action towards others. Let me just stop for a moment. Think about it for a moment. You ever struggled? Okay, yeah, everybody struggled, right? You ever wrestled with something? You rather be, Have you ever been overwhelmed by something that you're facing? You don't know which way's up. You don't know how you're going to get through the crisis. And, and it's like so overwhelming. The stress is at a high level. Your head is ready to explode because... You just feel your blood pressure rising. And have you noticed that when you're in those moments, you are in, are you ready for this, the epitome of sweetness towards other people? Have you noticed that? That when the pressure's on, and you're in the pressure cooker, and everything's going wrong, and you don't know how to make it through there, have you noticed that you treat other people so wonderful and sweet? Isn't that what you do? No. You just let it all hang out. You tear people's heads off. And have mercy on the telemarker who calls you at that time, right? What do you want? Don't you know I ain't got time for this? Bam! What's going on there? See, this is the correlation Jesus is making here. When you have a wrong concept of God and you are struggling with the issues of life and you're not expressing faith, it's going to affect your relationships with other people. Jesus comes along and he gives us a truth principle here and he says this, you pursue me, you trust me, you seek after me for the issues that you're facing because here's the fact, the reality is, is I love you. And I'm a heavenly father, and how much more will I be there for you? See, when you grasp that idea, it's going to change, are you listening to me, change the way you treat other people. So so much so that Jesus gives us, in fact, verse, can I be honest with you, chapter 7, verse 12, if you want to write this in the margin, is known as the golden rule. This is the golden rule. How many of you remember ever hearing that, the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them what? Do unto you. Now, how can you do that? Because sometimes you and I, I'm going to live by the golden rule. Have you ever made that decision? I'm going to treat others the way I want them to treat me. And, And you try that until your last nerve is plucked, and you usually last about a half a day until you find out that you can't do it, right? I can tell you why you couldn't do it. It's because of your concept of God and your understanding of faith. See, if you're trusting in God for the stuff in your life and the stuff that you're facing and that he'll hear you and answer you and take care of you, you can then be able to what? Treat people the way you want to be treated. Do you understand? Well, that opens up a whole other discussion, which we don't have time for, doesn't it? 
I mean, the reality is, is here's, here's, a, here's something I've learned long ago. You can tell where a person at is at in their relationship with Jesus by the way they treat other people. You can tell where somebody's at in their relationship with Jesus by the way they treat other people. Bottom line. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.